For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or CrestwoodDental.com. This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. Uh, gentlemen, I don't mean to come in hot, but uh, as, as per usual, I'm gonna. Uh, I, w- I was a little late getting into work today uh, because we had to take both both of my youngest kids, Ava and Dexter, to the orthodontist. Uh, and they both need braces. Oh, uh, my God. And now, those are cheap, right? Oh, my goodness, Jeff. So <laughs> when are you guys moving out of your house to pay for the braces? <laughs> do you have the box you're going to live in yet? Or do Dude, you need- wow. I, I, there are very... The first car that I bought... Does not even come close to how much it's cost. It costs to get both mm-hmm. of them square. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is it's like so. Listen, this I, I understand that I'm that we are incredibly fortunate to be able to afford these in the first place. Sure. Okay, so I, I understand that. But like the difference between the braces that the kids got and like the low rung braces, like the difference in money per month was like nothing. Yeah. So you're just thinking. Well, if it's going to be a better experience for the kid, well, then of course we're going to try you know to pay what? a little that, bit more. That's you know what, and I'm not going to I'm not going to complain about any dentist or anything like that. But that's a very that's a sales tactic, man. Remember when you first had kids and you went out to get the the bed for the crib? Yeah, oh, and there was the, the there was the fifty seven dollar one, uh-huh. and then there was the three hundred dollar one. And I mean, your kid's going to be really comfortable on the three hundred dollar one. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I, get the seventy five dollar one. Do if you, you want, want your baby to sleep properly? Yeah. Or? <laughs> well, yeah. you know, man, you it's... care about your kid's teeth, Donnie. You'll get this. Yeah. One. Well, here's a couple things. One, the d- colors on them too, Donnie. Yeah. Well, first of all, my my youngest <laughs> son Dexter has major. Major, and this is like a, a legit thing, but he has huge sensory issues. That's part of his his ADHD and his autism. So him having these rubber bands in his mouth at all, I don't even. That part mm. is already something that we're a little nervous about. And you know what, man? Again, I'm I'm happy that we can do it. It's just I have never like it was like one of those things where you're sitting across from your boss and you're doing the thing with the piece of paper. Well, how much money do you think that you should make? And how much money do you think I should make? And she like slides the paper over, and Mary and I both like gasp at the same time. <laughs> like it's just like, ah, okay. Oh, it's a wake up call. There is no doubt. So you've got you got four four kids, and it, that how, I know of. And how many oh of them had braces? Two of the four. I'm oh very lucky that one of the boys and my youngest just blessed, no problems. You know, kind of tracking, making sure as yeah. of right now, no issues. Uh, now my oldest daughter, she needed braces, and my one boy needed braces. 
So it just looks like it sucks so bad too. Yeah, both of mine had them, and it's it's not fun for anybody in the house. Yeah, like at, like at all. So I just can't wait till April the fifteenth. Yeah. That's uh, when they both get them, and I'm sure Dexter's gonna f- wake up with a rubber band in his nostril <laughs> or something. Like, come on, now, man. that was this morning you found that out. <laughs> with this morning, yeah. Well, man. I guess expressing oh, my dog's anal glands this morning at the vet wasn't so did bad. Did you wash your hand? Oh, the vet did. The okay. vet did it, Jeff. That's fun. Is it? Was that like an? I know you offered. Yeah. I can't believe I I said. I'd rather be doing that. Yeah, is that, is that <laughs> it like was a, cheaper? It was thirty-five bucks. Damn, that's hey, nice. Jeff, is it? Price is it, has gone down. What was? <laughs> well, we were in Tijuana, if you remember. That's true. Is that like true. A, a health danger thing? Like get it done right away thing? Or how does that come up? Well, I've got two Akitas, uh-huh. and they usually don't need any of this done. Some dogs need it routinely. Right. Like every time they go to the vet, they yeah. have to get it done or groomed to get it done. Uh, the Akitas usually have no problems. This is we've got we've had four Akitas and used to be in your Christmas card actually. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and never had a problem. And then all of a sudden she started you know working that area down there a little too often, and we were like, eh, that doesn't seem right. And so we took her to the vet, and the vet was like, oh boy, yeah, this is swollen, it's infected, and so about a week ago they you know squeezed it out and whatnot. So this was the follow-up uh, appointment today. But they, they So you don't have to constantly do it. It was just a no, couple of No, no, she should be like, fine. This was yeah. a little follow-up. There's a little bit of material in there, and then they got that out. And I go back in two weeks, but the the, the vet was like, it should be just fine. Well, I'm, I'm glad you made it ass. in, and I'm glad we made it uh, to the podcast today. My apologies for delaying it. I, I was feeling a little low. But don't I apologize for you. having cancer and being sick, dude. All right, <laughs> for screw real. you both, then. No, Donnie, let him oh, go. Okay. <laughs> But I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to get in here and talk with you, a perform, uh, former professional athlete, uh, during the this lockout for baseball, and obviously we're probably going to have a couple of months to talk about mm-hmm. it, unfortunately. But as a professional athlete, what what do they do? What are they doing right now? What can they legally do, or can they do whatever they want? You just want to keep yourself in as much game shape as you can. I mean, you can do anything you want. You just can't do it at the facilities. And you can't have any help from the training staff as far as uh, rehab, medical injuries, or any of the strength and conditioning coaches. Nobody's allowed to talk to you. It's like you don't exist from a organization standpoint. But, but the, the players themselves can get together, like oh, yeah. off-site somewhere. Yeah, right? they can do, okay. you can do anything. I mean, if the players want to go to a, like, let's say the Cardinals wanted to go out to Carshield Field out in O'Fallon where the Hoots play, mm-hmm. and they wanted to borrow the field and do a bunch of stuff, they could do that. You know, they'd have to pay for it or work out a deal or whatever, but nothing stops them from doing that. Uh, they just can't do it at Bush Stadium. They right. can't do it in Jupiter. Or they can't do it in Memphis. They can't do it anything to, associated with the team. Can, so, they, can they have, like, like Cardinal gear on even? Of course they can. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's do. just whatever they're bringing from home probably. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Sure, right, yeah. yeah. So, so you, again, professional athlete, outsider, looking in at this mm-hmm. absolute disaster that Major League Baseball has found themselves yeah. in. What do you what do you think, man? Like, because I, as a fan, like more than anything else, I just feel like an idiot that I still care because yeah. it's very clear that they don't care about and me. And we know that we're going to turn it on as soon as they say, "Hey, game the, on!" The, the second the second that it's on, I'm going to be excited to watch it. I, I can't I can't lie and say that I that I'm that I'm out. And one of my favorite things on your guys' show on the fast lane is, and Brad was on the show the other day, was when you guys guessed the lineup. I know it's warm and summer and baseball. <laughs> the lineup game. When you guys do, yeah, the lineup <laughs> yeah, game. Man. I don't know if you ever heard that because, you know, timing and everything. Yeah. Because you're on like 11 radio stations now. <laughs> but it's fantastic and it's so entertaining. It's just such a bummer, man. It is. Um, I look at this 
It's difficult because although, you know, I'm not an owner of a baseball team, I don't have that kind of cabbage laying around, but I am an owner of a business. And so I started out by thinking, you know what? The owners are allowed to make money. Everybody gets mad at the owners. Oh, they're making all this. Well, why would you own a business if you don't want to make money? Most people don't do that. Otherwise, they call it a charity, right? Absolutely. So the business or the baseball owners are allowed to make money. I'm not upset at that. What I'm upset about is the fact the hardline stance now that the owners have taken. And the players have have met them, maybe not halfway on everything, but they've done a good job of, you know, caving in on certain things. Like if you look at the original proposals, they were miles apart on every issue. Now they're closer and the players are the ones that have I, I feel like given more. They asked for, you know, hundred and some million in a bonus pool. It's at thirty million. You know, the owners started at $5 million. Mm. So if you do the math and you figure out who's moving the needle more, the players are moving the needle more in order to accommodate the owners. I just feel like the timing and the strategy behind it is just it's dirty pool. The owners don't want to negotiate, don't want to get together, don't want to do anything. And then they know that the month of April, they don't care about. And the month of April is like a wash for them. In fact, some owners, it costs them more money than they make. So they're more than happy to be, okay, fine. And the TV deals, they don't kick in till the month of May, just based on the number of games that will be. But will the TV deals, will they come back asking for money if no, something those, doesn't happen? I was just going to say, is you're allowed to miss a certain amount of games. I think it's 140 games is what you have to fulfill on the contract. Well, there's 162 in a season. So there's 22 games that are basically bonus games. Gotcha. So the owners are playing with house money at that point. And so they're able to not have to worry about the penalties of a TV deal, all while not paying the players' salaries at the same time and trying to break the union because the players... Everybody looks at Max Scherzer and you know Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnott, and these guys are spoiled millionaires. Okay, they're the best in their field at what they do. Look at what Bill Gates makes. Look at what Bezos makes. Like them, hate them, I don't care about your views on anything that they do. They're the best in their business, their field, and they're making billions of dollars. So these baseball players who are the best, they're allowed to make that. The bottom tier, more than half of the league makes way less than that. Way less. Way less than that. And so the league minimum is way down there. So when you look at it, and if you look at a baseball player's career, it's like two and a half, three years max. So people think, oh, these guys are loaded. They're generational money. No, it's not the case. It's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. But if you average it out over 40 years of working in any industry, like if your dad was a contractor, a plumber, he worked for 40 years. Okay. Well, now average out, let's say, 400000 or 500000 over 40 years. Right, yeah. It's like 12, 13 grand a yeah. year. Mm-hmm. So people think, oh, these guys are paid so much. They are. Don't get me wrong. In a year-to-year basis, but they've got to, they've got to string together 10, 11 years of this, and then they hope they get the big payday. So the pressure is really on the the lower-end guys. They're the ones who are going to feel it, and so the union has to try and protect them. So it's really kind of this crazy. It, it, it's a it's an awful thing. I hate it. There there are two things that, that that I have here real quick before we move on to actual hockey. But I just hate the idea right now in Major League Baseball that that a guy like Anthony Rizzo or Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is going to have his service time manipulated. So you're not going to be bringing up a, a great player because you're trying to manipulate their time. I hate that. Two. I'm so 
unbelievably surprised that MLB and Rob Manfred especially aren't concerned about the optics of all of this. Mm-hmm. Did you see His, Rob Manfred? That press conference was was really awful. I, listen, man, I could I, never get tired of punching that guy in the face. And, and I and I know that I run hot, and I know that 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 things that shouldn't make me so mad. Make, but that that guy was so dismissive on all on all of us as baseball fans. It really just. It was bad. And I would almost guess, and you guys, you talk baseball every day, and, and you're a huge, you're a bigger fan than me. The owners probably loved that because he's the bad guy, not them. Well, yeah, you look at the MLBPA, and you've got um, Andrew Miller, Max Scherzer up there. They've got some faces to it. And when you think of, when you think of the players, you have a whole roster in your head that you can think of, of people. When you think of the owners, how many could you pick out of a lineup? I mean, apart uh, the, from Bill Duet. The, okay, then none. There you go. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's the thing. But you could pick Rob Manford out of a lineup. God, could he have been more snarky? And, and it was so crazy. They sent the uh, Colorado Rockies owner in to be the negotiator when friggin' that was the guy that paid us $50 million to take Nolan Arenado. What? I hate I hate the, cr- the, the crutch of, listen, and he did that. Uh-huh. Every time somebody well, answers so dismissive, listen. It's like talking down. Yeah, to like, uh, uh, I, I, yeah. he's not uh, my favorite. Oh, buddy, man. Yeah. Oh, buddy, man. We shall see what happens. Yeah, but, what, what, quick predictions: uh, How many games, or how long till this thing gets gets solved? Do you think? Whenever the TV deal has to kick in for the owners, bingo is when it'll so, be done. Would you say that was twenty one games or something yeah, like, like that? 21, 20, 22 games, like month of May, basically. So, so yeah. essentially, a month. We won't have so like next week it'll be silent, and then it's going to be the pile on to get this done and figured yep. out. Ugh. Well, they met yesterday in New York, which is where the Blues are right Yay! now. Hey, look at that, man. Look at that. This, that's called Synergy, bringing it back around. That's called Synergy Hockey. SynergyHockeySkills.com. Camps are available. I'm glad that I could work that in, too. Mm-hmm. Still kind of feel a little bit uh, bitter about that loss on Wednesday. And I know that the Rangers are a really good team, so it, it's not... You know, sometimes you get beat by a better team. I understand that. But you work so hard to get that lead. And then, you know, the third period just seems like a disaster. Jamie, what? tell us what you saw. Well, look, like you said, the Rangers are a good team. They play with a lot of speed. They have some skill. They're well coached. Gerard Gallant, former coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Now he's a Rangers coach. He's doing a great job there. They're getting great goaltending. Igor Shesterkin is a guy that people are looking at. He's even maybe a Vesna Trophy finalist already. So it was a big test, and I thought the Blues did good for 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. The last 20 minutes, for whatever reason, just they were they they were out of sync. It wasn't working the way it should. Uh, they looked like they were on their heels, and, and the Rangers just took the play to them. So live and learn. They've only really played two tough games in the last, what, eight or nine? You know, they had the Maple Leafs, big test. Yeah. They won that game. Great game. Now they had the New York Rangers, big test. Didn't win that game. They lost by a goal. I know it was two with the empty netter, but realistically, they lost by a goal. So, you know what? I, I, the Blues, for me, they need to play more of those games right now and figure out what they are because the lower teams, it's great to get the points and continue to rise up the standings and hold your spot for the playoffs, but your team has to get better, too. And the only way to get better is to play some of the best teams. Yeah, uh, you, you brought up Toronto, so I want to—I I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but they finally have full capacity in Toronto at the home game. Don't get me started. <laughs> so you know what I'm about ready to say? Uh, they, their own fans boot them off the ice first night back. Yeah. Imagine that. You've got one of the best teams in the league. You've got one of the best players in the entire game. 
and the Toronto fans finally get back in the building and they boo them off the ice. What? It was a it was a loss to I don't even well, know. I forget who it was. I wasn't now. paying attention. I just I, I was I like, think you it was Vianney High me. School. I think it <laughs> was Vianney High School. Well, maybe they can get booed for that. No offense to Vianney. Great <laughs> hockey program. Well, that, it's is, cool. that is that seems like a spoiled hockey fan base right there. That and I normally I'm root for the Leafs. Entitled yeah. fan base. Uh, yeah. That's what that is. Something something kind of just off, not off topic, but just not X's and O's of hockey that I wanted to ask you. I heard uh, Darren Pang on a broadcast recently uh, talk about how Buchnevich is a was a, being a, I think, grumpy Gus when it came to line changes. And A, I'm not sure what that means. I think he was either trying to get on the ice or they couldn't get him off the ice. One of the two, I guess you didn't hear that particular no, part. No. So I was wondering what maybe he meant by that and if you know of any, besides David Perron and early in his career, that it was trouble getting him off the ice and how that affects a, a shift in a game. Really. I mean, there's always guys that are elite players that extend a shift from time to time, but I don't know. I, I'd have to know the context of it to be able to comment on it. Uh, as far as a grumpy Gus for the line changes, I, I believe that's the words he used. Yeah. <laughs> grumpy Gus. I don't know. We'll have to. I'll, I'll, I'll do a deep dive into that one, Jeff. You know, I'll get back to it next Thanks, episode. Yeah. Okay. You know, I I'd say, that. I, and one thing that I have said a couple of different times throughout the course of the year, and by no means is this like some kind of gigantic hot take or whatever, but like it definitely feels as though that there were times on Wednesday night where the Rangers were camping out in front of our goaltender again. And I just, until we start clearing that crease, man, there's no way we're going to win the West, man. You're going to have, you're going to have Colorado camping out there for a month. There was uh, along the boards, just inside the blues zone where I think it was Krug and I'm not piling on him because of his size or anything, but he had them and he was just, and he was on the. He was either on the ice or just stumbled. And this guy wasn't that much bigger than him, but he was bigger than him. Then they went in and had a chance. And I thought the same thing. It's it's you just feel like your defensemen are getting thrown around, especially in front of the net. And also, too, man. And I've said this before too. And I love that Braden Shen wants to be the guy that's the fighter, but he does not always need to be the guy to step up and throw punches, especially, especially when, in the third period. When Bortuzzo man, was right there going, "I'll do this. I'll do this." I just don't. I, I appreciate that he's that player, man. Yeah. And I don't, and I, I know you can't take that out of the player, and I don't want to, but I also don't want him to break his hand when we really need that guy, man. Okay, so a lot to unpack. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. No, so you no. talk. We're going to go to the bathroom. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. We'll be right uh, back. Okay, so issue one was what again? What do you, you need a pen, don't you? Oh, the defenseman in front of the net. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Uh, I would agree that there needs to be, you know... Uh, we're never. We're not going to have Chris Pronger out there anymore. So this is. But hang on, Donnie. Hear me out, okay? I don't. I want that mentality of the fan to go away. I. W- I don't want them to think of the cross checks and the just pummeling guys in front. Those days are gone. The days that are here though are competing and body position. And you don't have to be big. In fact. Quite honestly, being smaller sets you up better because you have a lower center of gravity. But you have to want to be able to get that body position. You have to make sure that you're in tight, in down low, and you know boxing out, using your backside and your back to box guys out. The days of you know picking guys up and throwing them every now and then, but for the most part, it doesn't happen because you end up spending time in the box. So getting inside position, getting low, and taking away the stick. That, that can be done. So Tori Krug and Scott Perunovic and Justin Falk and the smaller guys can all do that. They can. It's a it's a mentality. You have to be able you have to want to get involved and get in there. And the other night, a couple of times, what happens and it does happen, they ended up on the wrong side of the play. 
And what that means is the player's in front, the rebound hits the goalie, and you're on the wrong side of the player. Now you're behind them, and you're like, what now? What can I do now except for try to tackle him, throw him in a cross-faced chicken wing or something? And even then, he might still score. Right. So the, the key to that is never, as a defenseman, you don't want to be on one side of the net or the other. You want to try and be right in the middle so that you can readjust yourself constantly to make sure you're gaining body position on the opponent. And then it just they got on the wrong side of the puck a couple of times the other night. And, and I mean, and, and with a Rangers team, man, I mean, they're not like one of the teams the Blues have been playing. If, if you give them that window, man, they're yeah. going to take an, yeah, they're going to take advantage like of that Chris opportunity Kreider in front of the net. That guy's a moose, man. Boy. You got to make sure you get good body position on a guy like that. And, and then, and then again, can we? And I know we've talked about the Braden Chin thing before. And I, oh, and I know Chin the, thing. The, we didn't get there, did we? No, no. But and I know that it's something that we've talked about. And I again, I can't take that out of the player, but he should just not always have to be the guy to do it. Damn it! I I agree with you. But you're not going to change Braden Chen. Right. That's why he's in the NHL. That's what got him here. Yeah. That's what we love about him. That's the one thing that you look at and you're like, oh, that's Braden Chen hockey. Imagine if he didn't do that. Now he'd just be a player. He wouldn't be that same black yeah. and blue. Like So I get that he needs to pick his spots better. And I personally didn't think that was a hit worth fighting anybody over. Yeah, me either. It was a good hit. Kairu wasn't hurt. There was no head contact. It was not cheap. But... Braden Shen, you know what? Been a while since he's had a dust up, and maybe he had the itch and was kind of looking around, and then that happened. And even though Bortuzzo was there and ready to do it, once the once you flip the switch, there's no going back. <laughs> right? Not, as, as his head coach, would you have rather him not drop the gloves there, or are you still sending a message, even though it was a it was a legal clean hit? Hey, stay off of our skilled guy, or you're going to have to answer to me. Uh, uh you, you go over and buzz the tower a little bit, but then I'm turn around. I'm going to run Panarin through the boards. Gotcha. Yeah, you have said that a, a million times. Ah. As opposed to going to the penalty box, just do the same thing yeah. to their skilled guy. And that's what I would be if I was, you know, the one of the leaders on the team. I'd be like, every time Panarin gets the puck, we finish him hard. They want to pull that BS. Guess what? Every single time. And you go up there and you make that guy's life miserable. That sounds like something Berube would say. Uh, he it could wouldn't... be, but in the moment, it's difficult when, uh, you know, Braden Shen's reacting, boom, instinctively. Like right there, there's there's that, that pocket of like a one, less than a second for a hockey player to make the decision whether he's going to fight or not. It's fight or flight. Mm-hmm. And if he goes past that one second, most of the time the guy doesn't drop the gloves. So guys who have it in them, you can't even help it. As soon as it happens, the gloves go off, and before you know it, you're already in one. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I don't even know how I got here, but I'm here. <laughs> so it's uh, it's just it's in you, or it isn't. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's I, not I, in me. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> right? Not in yeah. me. Yeah. Not, not me either. Ooh. We're still talking about hockey, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, obviously, uh, the the last week, uh, as far as world news goes, has been completely dominated by the story of uh, Russia invading Ukraine. And I'm curious, in the locker room, whether it be a big world issue like this, whether it be something political like uh, an election in the States, like, how is that talked about in the locker room? It isn't. Really? No. I mean, what's the number one thing they tell you at family reunions? Don't ever <laughs> Don't talk, talk about, about politics. Don't tell you about politics, religion, or race, or anything like that, right? They don't exist in a locker room. Now, there was some tense moments when it came to vaccinations and things like that. Obviously, it was a hot topic worldwide. Right. Um, and some guys have certain beliefs. Some guys don't. Some guys treat or treated COVID and currently treat COVID a different way than other people. So that's a medical thing more than a stance, I think. I'd like to think so. I don't know. I'm not going back into the COVID train yeah, because I'm yeah. done with it. Yeah. Now, 
Hmm. When it comes to like world issues like this, there's I have a lot of beliefs right now, and I've been upset seeing some of them. And I don't know if it'll get me in hot water or not. And I understand what's going on is awful. It's absolutely horrible. I hate it. I I I, I, can't, I don't stand for that and all that stuff. But I also don't think Vladimir Tarasenko or Alex Ovechkin. Uh, Ovechkin has ties to Putin, so maybe that's a bad example. Let's leave him out. Mm-hmm. He's an outlier. But other Russian athletes that are currently over here, or they're suffering. People are like ending their contracts and you know le- not letting them participate. And like, I- I'm like, wait a minute here. Like the United States did get involved in Desert Storm and yeah. whatnot. Now, how would somebody have liked if you were punished for your country's actions mm-hmm. when it? Does that make sense? I mean, no, no dude, it makes, it makes exactly complete what you're sense. saying. The, the Russian people are innocent in this, yet they can't get money out of the ATM. They can't. There's a, Stuff there's, like that. And there's a massive uh, percentage of the population that are not in favor of the current government that's in place. Uh, they're completely unable to change it for various reasons. Completely unable. Or even talk about it. 100%. You yeah. just don't. Um they're victims, too, in this, though that part of the population. So when I watch this going on and I watch people outright blaming or holding other Russian people accountable, like the, the, the CHL, Canadian Hockey League, the OHL is part of the Canadian Hockey League. They're talking about not allowing Russian players to be drafted. What did that kid do? Right. That, yeah. yeah, I read that yesterday, too. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I it, agree. And it's not just that. Wow. It's like I'm looking at, like, tennis and stuff. They're, like, not letting certain tennis players play. It's like... That's not affecting Vladimir Putin. It's not affecting At the all. change of the war that's going. Like none of that is. Mm-hmm. So if anything, we, you're going to get kids out of that country and get them, get, you know, get them here. I'm with you. So it's confusing. So I don't like to dive too far yeah. into it because let's be honest, I don't have all the information either. Yeah. I don't exactly know what's going on. Um, I just know that when I watch the footage of it, I, I don't like it, and I also know that when I see. People from a certain country that they were born in a country who don't necessarily believe in what's going on right now. I hate when they're being held accountable to. Well, and also it was alarming to see. I think it was Ivan Barbashev's agent had yeah, asked the NHL yeah. for Extra more security, security for oh, wow. for the Russian-born players. Damn. And that, um, you know, man, obviously Ovechkin a bit of a, an outlier, like you said, because he has a personal relationship with dude. But like, but you know, what's he these, supposed uh, to do, Donnie? Well, think that's about true. that, right? So right now. When he was kind of a supporter of Putin, there's a lot of stuff going on that that went on over there that we don't even know about that's probably horrible. I'm not going to comment on that. But this doesn't mean that a player like Alex Ovechkin is condoning what's going on right now. Well, what so I, what's he supposed to do? What, what oh, I, hey, I parted ways with Putin. By the way, the rest of my family is still over in Russia. Yeah, that's and, and that's And that's where I was going, is, is he can be over here and talk as much as he wants, but he just needs to make sure that there is absolutely no connection to his family yeah. over there at all, or they will be in jail or, or how about dead homeboy, or whatever. How about homeboy has to play hockey every other night with his family still yeah. over there, too? Yeah, man, man so, what a mind just, F that is. It's a tough situation. I hate seeing it. The Ukrainian people are awesome. I know a ton of Ukrainian people. Um, Alexa Dat, who's a newbie. That's right. I saw that on her social media. Over at Valley Sports Midwest. Her whole family comes from the Ukraine, so... 
Uh, so they're feeling it too. So it just sucks. We uh, need to have her on the on the podcast. Yeah, she said she'd really love cool. to come on. Oh, awesome! Last minute blues. Pod- you can't be here, right? I <laughs> Last minute blues podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Uh, you know, uh, one hug and she's upset with me. I don't get it, Jeff. Sure, I didn't need to take my shirt off first, but and it was, it was a minute out. and a half long. That was weird. <laughs> Jamie, what have you uh, what have you seen in like the, sort of the growth and development of uh, of our boy Mikola over the course of uh, of the year? And are you more confident in him being in that top six than you than you were maybe say a couple of months ago? Oh, he's absolutely in the top six. There's no doubt. I don't think he's top four. Okay, uh, I think he's getting there. I think that uh, if we could fast forward a year from now, everybody'd be totally fine with it. I think Nico Mikola would be just fine. I yeah. think that right now, it's not that he couldn't handle or that he won't handle it. It's a situation to where uh, are you comfortable with that? Are you comfortable leaving that as your blue line right now? Mm-hmm. And then what if you're in that series, that one tough series against the Vegas Golden Knights, the Colorado Avalanche, whoever you have to go through to get to the cup, and he has a bad series? Then all the eyeballs go back to why didn't you make a trade? Why would you not go get another guy? So I think the easiest way to solve the problem is go get another guy. Yeah. Now, does it have to be the Jacob Chickrens of the world? Probably not. You probably get a Ben Sherratt, a Mark Giordano. I still think Zidane Chara. You know, if you split those minutes between Mikula and Chara and had them kind of go back and forth, depending, I think the Damn. Blues would be just fine. Um, I don't know if we'd be the best in league, we'd be the tallest. That's for true. Well, yeah. you definitely clear the front of the net. <laughs> well, I would hope yeah. so. You don't worry about that anymore. You get that net front cleared in a hurry. So, so for like, for like a Sherratt, what do or a Giordano? What are we looking at at, the, oh, at this God. point? Do you have any idea? There's a lot of uh, different things that are going to pile into this, and you're going to have to find a third party to help you out with the money. So, like last year, Steve Eiserman, who's a damn genius, he he orchestrated. A lot of deals, meaning that they went through like that Savard deal where Columbus traded him to Detroit. Detroit traded him to Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. And what happened was Columbus ate 50% of the salary. Then Detroit acquired the player and ate 50% of the salary. By the time he got to Tampa, he was he was barely making any money because <laughs> the Lightning didn't have any cap room, right? Make, how does that make a player feel? I wonder. I, I no, guess he doesn't you, care. You don't care. Yeah, On yeah, payday, yeah. you still get your money. Right. Good point, yeah. yeah. And what it does, and Steve Eisenman says, okay, well, the price of doing business is going to cost you a second rounder for me to eat 50%. And Tampa's like, okay, here you go. So that's what you're going to have to find is there's a handful of teams out there that have salary cap space that could eat 50% of a deal. So a Mark Giordano who makes 6.8, I think is what it is. The Kraken have room. They can eat 50%. Not allowed to eat any more than that Okay. to avoid like craziness in the league. And then they could trade him to an Arizona. And Arizona could eat 50%, and all of that is prorated to what he has left. So it could end up being like 150000 that the Blues are have to pay, which they have 122,000 cap space right now. So that's how you make it work. Wow. And a Ben Sherratt, you might not even have to move a player because if you can find a third party to orchestrate the deal for you. Now, you're going to have to pay that third party. Steve Eisenman set the bar last year, and it's about the amount of money that you have to eat. So like a Giordano would be more money, be a higher pick. Sure. A Ben Sherratt would be less money, be a lower pick. God, these aren't hockey guys anymore. These are accountants doing it. Yes, I mean, a, a bit, yeah. I wow. mean, you got to have that sort of aspect to it all. And thankfully, we have a guy in St. Louis that figures stuff out every trade deadline. You know, there, you think? there are very few times in my life as a sports fan where I have went, you know, my GM, I feel good about that. You know what? Trade deadline's coming. 
I'm not worried about it. I think that my guy is going to figure it out. I really, honest to God, feel that way about Doug Armstrong more so than I have about any GM of any team I think I've ever rooted for. Yeah, I will say this, okay? Uh, Not that I was a doubter way back when. Just didn't know enough about Doug Armstrong. I knew he was in Dallas and you know, very quiet individual. He certainly is not at the forefront. He's not a TV hog type general manager. So when he came into St. Louis and he brought Ken Hitchcock, I thought it was a genius move. You trying to uh, reestablish your team within the league and create a certain type of culture. Ken Hitchcock's your guy. He does a great job of that. And he did. He did a great job of turning things around here for the St. Louis Blues. But then Army had a couple of, like, head scratchers along the way. And you're like, eh. The Mike Yo thing? No, not even that. I'm not even talking about head coach. I'm talking okay. about, like, deals where, like, the Ryan Miller That's deal. That's the first thing that popped but into my head. But you know what? Head. It's not Army's fault Ryan Miller didn't play well. Right. Like, what do you do? You're going out and you're acquiring, which was the best goalie available at the time, and he went and got him to try and make a run at it, and Ryan Miller didn't play all that great. So that's not really on the GM. Yeah, I thought he did his job. I thought he showed a lot of uh, Liberty Bells going after and doing it. But since then, he's been great. All these years with the draft picks and the young players and the Thomas and the Cairo, uh, the Perunovic. Just look at the Parecos of the world. Jordan Binnington. Like, look at the guys he's got. And no buyouts, right? Not one buyout. Not one buyout. He seems like a very, very calm guy and is not going to get excitable about, oh, the trade deadline's coming up on this date. He's very methodical. Very methodical. Well, I think out. he proved that with the uh, with the ninety one deal. Just with with Tarasenko, uh, even with the Petrangelo thing, he never lets his heart rate get up too high with it. Uh, you, I can guarantee you that they internally they've been talking about a top four defenseman for probably half a year now. One of my favorite things that you've said about him recently is with the Tarasenko thing. When Tarasenko said, "I want to get traded," I want to get traded. His his stance on that was, "I'm going to make it." A, a trade that's good for the team, not for you. Yeah. I'm not here to help the individual because once we start worrying about individuals, you're no longer a team. And so Doug Armstrong's philosophy has always been, if it's better for the team, I'll do it. If it's not, I won't do it. Like and he's that. held true to his word. Yeah. Man, my, my opinion of 91 has changed so much over just the course of this year. I, I Before the season yeah, started. goes to hell of a player. What? <laughs> Of the St. Louis team. Of the, of the Blues, yeah. 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 actually. Yeah. Sorry, I yeah. thought you were talking about Tavares. I, just, I, I, I was so sour at him for, for the trade request. But, like, dude has yeah. done everything that we could have asked him to do he's playing great, man. this year. He's playing so he's fantastic. Playing he's working his ass off. He's in on the forecheck. He, he's, you know, he, he appears to be more of a leader than ever before. And I was one that not criticized him, but uh, I forget exactly what I said, but I think it was along the lines of... Um, if you have to ask for the C, you don't deserve it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. That kind of thing. Like, it should already be known who the captain is. And, yeah. uh, and right now, when I watch Vladdy and his interactions with his teammates and his performance on the ice and how he's handling the media and all that, I'm like, that's a leader. He looks more like a captain now than he ever has before. Yeah. Boy, we are going to get something good for him when this season is over. And if, I hate saying it that if, way. If he still wants to go. If. Yeah. Every now and then, you know, you go to that marriage counseling and it works. Right. Are you trying to tell us something here? No. That he's. Oh, you meant about him. Yeah, no, I mean about him. Like, are things getting better? Jerk face is what I'm talking about. I, I, it looks you know. like it. Yeah, that's what. It, but, in, I mean, it could the just perception be. perception is that it looks like everybody's hunky-dory. His teammates are happy. He's throwing sticks into the, yeah. into the fans. And he, I, I saw, I think it was the Rangers game, even the other team's goalie, uh, Shishkirkin. Is that how you say his name? Shishkirkin. Super close. Oh, he changed it. Shashank Redemption. Uh, <laughs> 
he shot one up high and he actually went over and was like, hey, man, sorry, my bad. No, he was like, get yeah. out of the way. I'm supposed to oh, score. <laughs> he was like, hey. Right you... as it was going in, you got in the way. He's What's like, hey, dude, if you, you want me to get traded to the Rangers, you got to let that in. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, gentlemen, I hate to uh, end this party, but I got to go be back on the radio. All right, see you later. Got to go pay for those braces. You gotta, you're absolutely right. <laughs> Jamie Rivers. Go, go fund me page going for Donnie's teeth. <laughs> Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. Uh, as always, we really appreciate you listening. Share us with your hockey-loving friends. And as always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.